Hi everyone, welcome back for another episode of EGOs. And today we have a very special guest. Her name is Dr. Lauren Bergenheyer. She is an associate professor in the geology and geophysics department at the University of Utah. Hi Lauren, how are you doing today? Good, thanks for having me, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Of course, yeah. Thank you so much for agreeing to meet with me and for sharing a little bit about more about you so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. To get started today, um, could you tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, your background, and maybe something that influenced you when you were growing up to pursue geology or perhaps to become a professor? Uh, sure, thanks. I grew up outside of Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, was born there and raised there in a suburb 20 miles west. And uh, my family, my extended family is from a small town in central Illinois. So I have kind of long lasting ties to both of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there were a number of things that influenced me growing up towards geology. I'd say probably the most uh, influential was I was really privileged to be able to go to a summer camp mm-hmm. when I was, you know, a, sort of 11 onwards in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, grow up in, growing up in Chicago, maybe the natural world wasn't as emphasized. Um, although my dad uh, did grow up uh, being a, on a farm and sort of always had sort of farming mm-hmm. uh, it, family so there is definitely some sort of maybe something in the blood about the landscape Mm -hmm. but um but you know really that experience in Colorado sort of getting to see mountains and hike and also just grow as a person too um was really influential in trying to sort of uh understand the landscape Mm -hmm. and then I also had some really awesome experiences um in high school where I sort of started to know that I wanted to do something more, uh, definitely earth science related. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, things like, I remember being in Spanish class and watching a documentary on an anthropologist in Latin America. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Like taking an astronomy course and being able to go up in a telescope in the desert Southwest. So those were definitely influential experiences that I was sort of privileged to have um, growing up. Yeah, yeah, that's so amazing. That's cool that you grew up uh, outside of Chicago. I I grew up in Wisconsin, and I knew Mm -hmm. there was something that when I met you, I was like, oh, you remind me of people at home. (laughs) Midwest, Midwest roots. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Strong work ethic, like type A. It's (laughs) it's great. So could you tell us a bit more about uh, where you went to school, what are your degrees, and maybe a story about your career path uh, through geology or how uh, it led you to wanting to be a professor? Yeah, uh, you know, I I went to school, uh, I, I after I lived in Chicago, I, I went to Colorado, probably mm-hmm. uh, partly because of my great experiences there. I went to a small school called Colorado College mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs, a uh, great liberal arts school, and I had some really amazing professors there. Um, I knew I wanted to do science. I wasn't sure what. Um, and the geology courses looked interesting. I took my first intro geology course, and uh, our instructor took us to Arches and Canyonlands for one week. 
because mm -hmm. that school is on the block block plan where you just take one course at a time, which was really excellent for field work. Mm -hmm. uh, so we spent a week in Arches and, and Canyonlands and then a week in northern New Mexico looking at the cinder cones. So mm -hmm. uh, and I was pretty sold at that point. I thought, wow, I can like hike around and use my brain and make observations. This is really uh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I just continued with that. Um, and, you know, there was a point sort of after, after I finished my undergrad, I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to keep going, but, um, you know, a couple, it took a little break after college, did some, was a teaching assistant and mm -hmm. for, for geology and, and work for an environmental consulting firm. And then I decided, you know, it wasn't really enough geology for me. And I, I found an opportunity for a PhD in Nebraska. That's where I was at the time. Sure. So, um, so I did my PhD with some really awesome advisors at University of Nebraska. And I had this great opportunity for a project um, NSF funded in, in Eastern Australia for the mm -hmm. field work. So, mm -hmm. um, and I worked on the late Paleozoic Ice Age reconstructing climate 300 million years ago. Okay. So, um, you know, really that's where I was sort of, um, you know, I'd already been doing sedimentary geology for quite a while and that's kind of what I specialized in. Um, and then also sort of dabbled in some geochemistry as well. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that was kind of what my degrees were. And, and um, I didn't, uh, you know, when I did my PhD, I was pretty sure I wanted to be a professor, but mm -hmm. I definitely had a, um, some opportunities to go private into the en energy industry that I, you know, I didn't end up taking. Um, but but it's actually been, uh, the energy industry has been a huge part of my academic career. So mm -hmm. um, I felt really sort of privileged to kind of walk a little bit into worlds mm -hmm. of, of getting to know people and, and, and challenges in the energy industry, but also, um, you know, having sort of some of the freedom and, uh, you know, create creative aspects of the academic path. Yeah, absolutely. So specifically, um, what energy sector are you in right now? And what is something uh, that you like most about the field that you're in? Okay, so, um, you know, I'm an academic, mm -hmm. but um, a lot of my research I, is, I'm a sedimentary geologist. So mm -hmm. much of my research has been funded the last 10 years or so um, by energy companies. And so, uh, and then also a large part of my my job is has been training students uh, for employment in the energy industry. So, um, so I really work a lot, um, you know, with with larger companies mm -hmm. uh, and looking. Uh, really, most of my work and my research over the last ten years has been focused on unconventionals and uh, trying to to sort of look at how mudstones were deposited and how that's really relevant towards uh, developing unconventional energy sources. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of after my PhD where I looked around and unconventionals were blooming and I thought, you know, I have something probably that I could contribute to this conversation. And so that's what I've been building on the last 10 years. Yeah. So I, I personally know where you do your research, but could you tell our audience where you spent um, some time doing your unconventional research and maybe something you really enjoyed about that location? 
Yeah, so I've um, worked a lot in, in Utah across the Uinta Basin, mm-hmm. uh, also some, some things in southern Utah as well. Um, I've worked, uh, I'm, I've had a project the last five or six years in the Neakin Basin of Argentina, looking at the Agrio Formation mm-hmm. um, as an unconventional. And then uh, I've worked in the Midland Basin a bit. And um, I have a project in the Paradox Basin too right now that's funded by the Department of Energy. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I always, I remember the first time that I met you or started following you and your research was actually your work in Argentina, um, just because at the time it was something that I was potentially interested in myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never been to South America before. Could you tell us something or an experience that you had in the field or, you know, something you really love about South America? Well, um, you know, I had this opportunity to come on as a collaborator on this project in 2014, I think, and Mm -hmm. uh, New Basin for me, it was a great opportunity to sort of branch out. Uh, The funny thing is it looks a little little bit like the Uinta Basin, halfway across the world, but but it is is really gorgeous, a gorgeous sort of semi-arid region. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I love it because I love speaking Spanish and I Mm -hmm. love the Latin American culture. And so that's a really uh, nice sort of blend for me to get to do geology and experience Mm -hmm. the Latin American culture there. So um, that's a highlight. and you know it's just really remote it's a lot for 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 us from here it's pretty it's a pretty big travel Mm -hmm. leg um i think i calculated it's something like 30 hours door to door or you know from here to the rocks yeah so it's a it's a pretty big haul and it's exciting and adventurous in that way and it also kind of takes a lot of planning too yeah definitely yeah Yeah, those big um expeditions are they're, I think getting ready for them, it's like a lot of pressure because like you can't screw up anything logistically, but once you're able to get there and execute it and do it, it's like such a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. And then of course, just, um, you know, my last trip in 2019 uh, was with myself and two of my graduate students that I advise. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was just really nice and um, sort of the feeling that we had started to really understand what was going on in the basin was was really nice place to be too and sort of figure out some new things ourselves was, yeah. was nice. Yeah, that's great. So when um, you're a professor now, um, a tenured professor, mm-hmm. are, do you feel like you are in your dream job or your dream role or do you still feel like you're um, still building towards uh, a dream or something to that nature. I know it's a little cliche, but I always just like to ask people um, sort of their viewpoints on it and um, maybe what you see in the future for yourself. Yeah, I think everyone's dreams evolve through time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would say I am in my dream job and that it was, you know, I really wanted to be a, um, a tenure track or tenured professor and I was able to sort of make that happen. And sometimes it felt like parting the Red Sea, right? Mm-hmm. And to create those opportunities and stay on that path. But mm-hmm. um, so for me, when I when I got tenure, it was a really huge, huge um, like celebration of my dream job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you kind of do look around and say, what's next for yourself, and what's your next dreams? And I think 
um, you know, I still have the same job and I don't plan on changing my job, but there is a lot of what's really nice is there's a lot of room for creativity and growth Mm -hmm. in what what I'm doing. And so, um, you know, I used to say advising graduate students was the best part of my job and it is an awesome part of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it, but I've evolved a little bit more towards enjoying writing a lot more than I used to. Mm-hmm. And, um, also sort of, um, trying to, to, to lead in the space of, of diversity, equity, inclusion, like mm-hmm. things that I just have become a little more passionate about that I wasn't so much, um, you know, it didn't occupy such a large space yeah. in my career. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. um, yeah, so there's, there's things that have evolved and, you know, I have writing goals and I feel a lot more passionate about the things that I write now than I used to. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's kind of how my dream job has been evolving. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I, I can relate to the, the writing part. I, I go through periods where I really struggle and then all of a sudden, like everything kind of aligns and then the writing starts flowing again. And when it's flowing, it it just feels like, really good and it's such a sense of accomplishment because it can be very difficult in some moments yeah and i think our research evolves too right Mm -hmm. like um you know working with the energy industry for the last 10 years on unconventionals has been great i don't necessarily see that ending but Mm -hmm. there is a pretty big transition in our society going on and it feels cool and exciting to be a part of whatever that Mm -hmm. transition looks like yeah absolutely so do you have any advice uh, for someone who is currently building their dream? So maybe something, some advice that you would give your, your graduate students um, or someone who's maybe struggling at the moment with how to navigate their career in the energy transition? Yeah, um, you know, I think, uh, for instance, we, I'm the advisor for our APG student chapter this year and my my great colleague, Carrie Johnson did it for decades, but or for a decade at least. And so she, you know, so, so I've been talking with the students about, you know, moving forward with our APG student chapter. And I think what I can say is, you know, it's not going to look the same as the mm-hmm. last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some uncertainty in that, that can be really anxiety provoking for good reason, mm-hmm. for good reason, right? But there's also a lot of opportunity and the uncertainty mm-hmm. for creativity and your own initiative and your own um, sort of making a different path um, so, forward. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of feeling through the dark, um, I think, for, for everyone, right? Including me, who, who has a lot of job security. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think it is going to look different, but it's also... Um, I don't know there's it's also a space of like leveling up and a space of creativity in a way that we haven't seen i think yeah in a while. um so my i guess my sort of general advice is you know find something you like and that you're good at and can make some you know give you some stability mm-hmm. right um, that you and that you feel a sense of purpose for what you're doing um and it may not look like what it did the last 10 years yeah um, so it may require some flexibility on your part but i think if you kind of keep the idea that you know if you feel good about what you're doing and it's it's a it's a fulfilling then i think um you know it it should should work out 
Yeah, absolutely. In certain ways, I mean, I've only, you know, been employed or had like a professional career now for, oh gosh, like not even like 15 years. And to me, it feels this energy transition feels different, more different than anything I've ever experienced. Do you also carry that same sentiment or do you feel like this is just part of the typical like cyclic nature that our industry deals with? Um, I carry the sentiment that it feels different, but I'm mm. also perhaps not as old as, as some others who have been in the industry mm. longer. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it ref it's reflective in my work. Um, you know, in January, I found myself writing a, a big proposal on critical minerals, and mm. it was a really strong and high learning curve for me in a short period of time, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're all being asked to be flexible and creative, mm -hmm. but it's also rewarding to learn something new and, and sort of make a pivot, mm -hmm. right? So, um, so yeah, it feels different, mm -hmm. uh, I think. Um, I think that, you know, there's a, always like sort of an unfreezing and a refreezing mm -hmm. of the system, and we're kind of like in an unfreezing, and I don't know where we'll sort of freeze again. Um, yeah next cycle yeah. mm -hmm. absolutely so to wrap up today can you tell our audience uh something that you do to maintain your happiness and your success um yeah i um i mean i always strive for balance mm -hmm. i think we all do uh the things that i do that are sort of outside my my work um you know i love to run mm -hmm. And that's, um, and I love being, I love being in Salt Lake City and getting to run in the mountains here. Mm -hmm. um, and then I love, um, you know, I'm, I'm a mom, so mm -hmm. that takes up a lot of my time and my happiness too. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, um, you know, also just have a good network of friends that I make time for and mm -hmm. prioritize. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm also a big proponent of therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, um, you know, as, as someone who's, everyone has adversity in their life in yeah. different forms. And so uh, that's something that I do to, to sort of maintain my own mental health and, mm -hmm. and balance because um, it's easy to get off track yeah. and, uh, and sort of, not have that balance in your life because if you if you work too too hard and for too long it it eventually catches up with you yeah so. absolutely i think that that's really you know in geology we're talking about a lot about like sustainability right now and i think it also like there's a lot of ties to like as um a human as a person how mm -hmm. do you sustain yourself as well because mm -hmm. i feel like now and especially with the energy transition it would be so easy to overwork and get really stressed out and just kind of lose focus and you know your ability to move forward but um if we can like sustain ourselves through therapy or exercise or whatever that hopefully we'll have an easier time navigating forward in the future yeah so and scheduling breaks that's something i've i've learned to do too because yeah. um the work will always be there so. yeah Absolutely. Uh -huh. breaks for yourself is super important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for meeting with me today, Lauren. I really appreciate your time. I'm really excited 
to see, um, you know, your research going forward and how you're able to pivot and everything. So I'd love to have you back at some point once you're able to talk more about uh, your your research. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Kernan. Sure. Anytime. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.